You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to a special semi-emergency episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here along with Judd Zolgad. And on a Friday news dump, the Vikings actually dumped some good news on their fans, Judd, by signing a slot-wide receiver in Kendall Wright. What is your instant reaction to that? Uh, my instant reaction is twofold. One is if there was any concern about Jarius Wright being replaced, that was definitely answered with this move in signing a slot receiver. And although he didn't, uh, he doesn't play the same position exactly. It also says that uh, depth-wise, there is probably no big movements uh, by the Vikings to uh, uh, to take Laquan Treadwell and let's say expedite the process of saying, "Oh my gosh, this creates an opportunity for Treadwell." I get the fact that Treadwell plays outside more so and not in the slot, um, but clearly when the team decided to uh, cut Jarius Wright to create some salary cap room. There was a backup contingency plan to say, we're not just going to allow the depth to go away. We are going to actively go out into the open market, at least, and explore our our options. Uh, So I do think it's interesting when this team reports to training camp that there is not going to be any um, recognition of, of this is now the time for Laquan to step up. You are basically going to go to training camp with uh, Diggs, Thielen, and now in this case, instead of Jarius Wright, Kendall Wright as probably your top three options when you take the field. Okay, so let me hit on those things one at a time here. Uh, To start with Laquan Treadwell, I think that his third and fourth year with the Vikings are going to look very much like Cordero Patterson's third year, only minus the kick returning that he is going to be on the team more likely than not because for the cap, it doesn't do a whole lot to cut him. But I would be very surprised if he's on the field very often, maybe intermittently. But even then, it sort of becomes a distraction to have to answer questions about the former first-round pick all the time. I think when they went back and looked at his tape from last year, they probably were – very disappointed compared to where they thought he was going to be. Case Keenum's quarterback rating when throwing at Laquan Treadwell was a 49. And when throwing at Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, it was higher than 110. So, I mean, that really tells you that Treadwell didn't do anything to help himself last season outside of block. But even then, Judd, he took a couple of penalties. And then with uh, what Mike Zimmer said about him at the Combine, that he spends too much time running stadium stairs and not getting better. I mean, it just all adds up to a very small role, maybe a trade for a conditional pick with someone, or even being released in the fourth year probably. But I think he gets one more camp and one more swing at this before they just decide to move on. So that's part one. Part two, I still would go back with Jarius Wright and say, 
I would have liked to have both of them on this team because I have such a low level of trust for Laquan Treadwell. And I also liked that Jarius Wright could slide into any spot when he was asked if someone got hurt and then made big plays on third downs that uh, 13 of his 18 catches were on third downs. 10 of those turned into first downs. He had a couple of touchdowns. He had a big playoff catch. I liked having all four of those guys, but I understand the cap implications and it makes a lot of sense to sign Kendall Wright because he is a quality slot wide receiver who had a nice bounce back year last year and, and I think fits in nicely with this offense and gives another weapon for John Filippo to work with. Yeah, and I think that this is a, uh, you know what, it, m- most of the things that, that the Vikings have done uh, so far uh, since the season came to an end are an acknowledgement that while this team certainly could stand to be good for a few years, this is all in for 2018, right? I mean, everything that they're doing as far as signing a quarterback, as far as retooling things here and there, uh, I think it is an acknowledgement to the fact that two, uh, 2017 was a very successful year and a good year as far as 13 wins went. Uh, but there is a definite feeling that 2018 is going to provide a window not to just be good, but potentially win a championship, which is good news uh, I guess the only the only bad thing is we also can pretty much see the writing on the wall now that Treadwell is and was a complete bust and as a first round pick did not work out. But this offense that was disappointing certainly for a good portion of 2016 and came through in 2017 should come back equally as strong or uh, with the addition of Cousins improved in 2018 Matthew so now where does this leave us with the rest of the needs for the offseason Judd because I look at the wide receiver position and I think they could definitely still draft someone uh Kendall Wright is probably not a long-term solution I have not seen yet the terms of the deal but my guess would be that he's not signing a five-year contract to stay with the Vikings he's probably taking a Sheldon Richardson route where he wants to be here and do well so he can go back out on the market and get a much bigger contract. If I see that, then uh, I'll be wrong if he signs a multi-year deal. I just figured it to be a short-term contract. So a wide receiver should still be in play, not in the first or second round, but maybe third, fourth round, somewhere in there. They could take a shot at getting another guy who could fill in. They took two of those shots last year, and we didn't see a whole lot from Stacey Coley. Rodney Adams is not on the team anymore, but every once in a while you hit big on that and maybe a guy that you could develop if he's taken a little further down the road. But, Judd, I think now it's all about two positions, the nickel corner spot and then also especially the offensive guard. What do you think? Uh, agree completely on guard. I, I think that I'm going to be surprised, given the way things are going right now, and as far as, as what's been addressed uh, so far by the Vikings and what has not been addressed, I will be very surprised if the if the late first-round pick is not traded, which I don't think it's going to, to be. It certainly could be. Um, I'm going to be surprised, though, if they don't take a guard. I think when, when you look at this line, this line went from, uh, and certainly this was also because of guys being hurt in 2016, but this line went from being a liability in 2016 and to, I don't care what, what the national experts say, it was much improved in 2017, but it could take a, another step. And it could certainly take a step because now you've improved in the last year. Your center is very solid in elf line. Your tackles might not be unbelievably good, but they're solid players. 
but the two spots uh, at which you could, or or one for sure, at which you could upgrade a uh, Comet guard. So I think that if uh, if Rick holds on to the draft pick, I think your late first round pick is a guard for sure. The nickel corner, I see, Collar. When it comes to the secondary, it's hard to predict. I think you're probably right, and it makes sense. But Zimmer has such a confidence in, in his ability to to teach and to manipulate those positions. That being said, I mean, this conversation for us goes back, what, two years now, a year at least. Um, so it's not going it's not going to shock me if they uh, sign and or trade for someone at that spot. Newman's future is going to be very interesting to see play out. I saw Zimmer's comments, I think, from the owners meetings this past week basically said that Terrence Newman would like to come back, but it's going to come down to dollars. At his age, I'm curious what, what he wants. I'm also curious at his age what their confidence is that, that he can keep playing. I think the only certainty that I can pretty much say is they're going to draft a guard. Nickel corner, it would make sense to draft and or sign one. But that's the one position that Zimmer has such a confidence, confidence in himself that I'm also interested to see how that plays out, and I'm not sure that I can predict that one fully. So a couple things there. Uh, number one, I agree that a guard should be a first two-round pick, but when I look at this draft and how it could play out, I don't think they necessarily have to draft a guard with the first-round pick. I, I, I would lean that way if I was making a bet, but when I keep doing these draft simulations and keep looking through the mock drafts, I see so many good guards, so much talent there. It's usually not a position that gets taken really high. And there's another factor in this year's draft that is going to help the Vikings at number 30, and that's that there are six quarterbacks who could potentially go in the first round. Five of them are locks, and or maybe one it would be stunning if someone dropped out of the first round. But when you have five quarterbacks that are going to be taken early in the draft, that pushes all the rest of the talent down. So when I've gone through the first round looking how it might play out, there are opportunities to get really talented players, and nickel corner might be one of them. There's a guy, Jair Alexander, who comes from Louisville, that would be a nickel corner right away. He's got some experience playing there in college. It projects that way, and that might be a cheap way to fill the spot. I don't like the idea of bringing back Terrence Newman to be the starter there, but rather mm -hmm. as a defensive back role where he fills in 30% of the snaps or something like that. And we'll see with Mackenzie Alexander, but the fact that the Vikings have looked uh, all over the place at nickel corners, I think tells you that they don't really trust him in that position and, and maybe he's a fill-in guy or maybe they see him eventually taking over for Trey Wayans. If Trey Wayans hits the free agent market down the road, uh, it's a little hard to say where they stand with him, but I don't see him starting in, in that nickel spot next year. And uh, to, to the point, just with the guards, if you look at the depth of the talent there, imagine if you were to add another good piece in the first round on defense to a defense that's already good, but lacks some depth. And then you were still able to get your starting guard in the second round. And if you don't think it can happen, well, look at last year where Pat Elfline ends up in the third round and is a tremendous player in his first season. So I wouldn't be totally stunned if the Vikings went in that direction. Yeah, and I, I guess my, my question comes down to this. If Zimmer, you know, because, I mean, he's so big on, on defensive talent, there could be the possibility that he simply goes in and says draft one first round, and they do as far as uh, a defensive back to play in the nickel position goes. Um, 
Newman, Newman to me makes this an interesting uh, case because of the fact that Zimmer likes him so much. Mm-hmm. And and if he wants to come back and he wants to play, does Zimmer say, well, we'll bring him back in a, in in even more of a specialty role than you potentially played in 2017? Uh, or does he say, we'll bring you back and you'll play a lot again? You don't like that? I would probably agree with your assessment of that. But that being said, the relationship between those two is so interesting and uh, unique in some ways for a player uh, who ordinarily by this age is long gone from the league. The guard thing intrigues me because I do think what we've seen too, especially with the guards who, uh, who signed in March, is there is now more of an emphasis on that position. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years ago, the guard used to be like meat and potatoes guys, we'll find them. You know, it, it was when the Vikings signed uh, Steve Hutchinson as a, a free agent to that seven-year, $49 million deal back in 2006. That was an, oh, my God, I can't believe the team spent that much on a guard deal. And now guards go, go for a lot. Who, who was the guard who signed at, at the beginning of uh, the free agency process, who I believe for about a week or so or, or three days was the highest-paid old lineman in the league, which is incredible. Uh, Andrew Norwell signed with yeah. Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah, so so that that being said, that's the one thing that I do think that the, the perception or the importance being put on guards and what they're paid is changing. But I suppose if Mike goes into Rick and says – Alexander's okay, I don't trust him. And Terrence is either not going to be brought back because he's going to retire and or I just think he's washed up or he's done. There definitely could be a case to be made that Mike would push for a, a nickel. It's just, as I said before, it's really hard for me to predict at that position because Zimmer's perception and work with defensive backs, mm-hmm. uh, I think is really hard to predict. I, I mean, I told you, Last year, I was on the soapbox about the nickel corner because it's an incredibly important position, and it's essentially a starting job now. And I said to you a million times uh, during the course of last summer, they've got to do more there, they've got to do more there, and they really didn't. And I said, I think that's a huge mistake, and it ended up working. So I'm sort of out of the business of trying to predict what they're going to do at that spot. But I do think if the head coach goes to the GM and says, draft one high, they'll draft one high. I think that it ended up working out of kind of luck from Mike Zimmer um, because he had given the job more or less to Alexander. Then Alexander lost it. And Newman, at 39 years old, slid over to a new position that he normally has not played during his career since maybe early in his career and and then was really good. I mean, that's unexpected. You usually don't think – that someone could do something like that. But what Newman did last year, and every player I talked to last year on the defense, was just blown away. Just cannot believe a guy who's been in the league for that long could just slide over and take over a new spot, and I would not expect that again. Um, let me tell you real quick, because we were going to make this a shorter Purple podcast and we can go all in on the draft as we get closer. But I'll sure. just tell you, the simulation, draft simulation that I'm putting out on Monday – and if anyone wants to try this, it is really fun. You go to fans. Oh, be careful. It is be fun. Careful, it is fun. You could get addicted to it. You could do a bunch of draft simulations. You could, you could play GM with this website, fanspeak.com. So you can pretend you're Rick Spielman, and it'll simulate all the draft uh, needs from other teams, and they'll make their picks. So you only have to pick for the Vikings. It's not like doing a mock draft. So I've been doing these instead because I don't know what the Falcons need, right? I mean, I'm not going to spend hours. It's not your club. To, right. I'm not going to spend hours trying to figure out what the Falcons need. I'll let right. uh, fanspeak.com do it for me. And right. it has a lot of 
the linemen going before the Vikings at 30. So speaking to your point, uh, players like Connor Williams, who's a really good tackle from Texas, the guy I like the most out of any lineman in this draft, Isaiah Wynn, he's from uh, Georgia. He's a fantastic player. Might have potential to be a left tackle, but probably ends up being a guard. Will Hernandez became the darling of the combine. He's just a beast, like a big giant guy who reminds you of Richie Incognito. And uh, Terrell Crosby, too, a guy I haven't looked into as much um, as a left tackle. So all those guys end up going in this simulation and the players that were left are, are decent. James Daniels from Iowa is a guy that Mel Kuyper mocked to the Vikings. But there was so much talent with the defensive line that I picked a defensive uh, tackle for the first pick. Because and Zimmer gave you a big kiss. He, and, he came and over and gave you a big sloppy kiss. That's part of my thinking, Judd, is that the, the guards that were left were pretty good for like second-round guards. All the top guys went off already. And yep. this top defensive tackle was available. I think that there's a possibility they could do something like that because they've talked about wanting the defensive line rotation for one. And also Sheldon Richardson will not be here in 2019. You can write that down because he signed a one year deal to get a bunch of sacks and go somewhere else and get paid mounds and mounds of cash. So what's the succession plan after that? You could kind of have your cake and eat it too there. So Sorry, I'm, I'm releasing that on Monday. So if you're listening to it over the weekend, I ruined a little bit of it. You just ruined it. It's a, yeah, but it's a three round. Away. But you see my analysis, the numbers, and it's a three round simulation. So you can see the other guys that I got. So are, are you high on the decision to sign Kendall, right? Um, yes, very. I'm very high on that. I'm, I'm still a, in this camp of I didn't love letting go Jarius right. But if they had to let go Jarius to sign Kendall then yep. I would also do that because I think Kendall is a versatile receiver. He is a great slot guy, but he can also move outside and gives another chess piece to John Filippo. And if he's going to do a lot of the things that the Eagles did last year, they spread the ball around. They didn't have one guy that had 80, 90 catches. They moved yep. the ball to a bunch of different receivers and their tight end, Zach Ertz. And the more guys you can put on the field, I think the better for the Vikings. It's interesting, too, uh, Matthew, in that I never says, and, and uh, with the, the new OC, I have no, no idea what his perception or feeling about Jarius would have been, but you never sensed, since you've gotten on the beat, basically, that there was this complete faith in Jarius. They used him, and they didn't seem to mind him, and they tolerated him, but, but they didn't really get all that creative at times, and there, there were there were periods of time where he basically disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I, I do wonder if internally... Uh, Spielman and, and the people that make the decisions who have been around for a while are going to or, or have a feeling that they trust or like Kendall Wright more. Because I always liked Jarius, and Jarius to me was a good guy. He was a solid guy. I mean, if, I don't recall him screwing up much, if at all. Uh, but you did have a feeling that once once Zimmer and that staff got there, that there wasn't a lot of stock put into Jarius. And so I wonder if this is also a move made uh, out of the fact that internally there's going to be more confidence and more use for Kendall Wright than there was for Jarius Wright. Yeah, what I liked is to have Jarius be a guy who could fill in if Kendall gets hurt. He does have a history of injuries. Um, Stephon Diggs has had to miss a couple of games uh, the last two years, or at least one game two years ago, two games last year. So you could fill in Jarius and know exactly what you're getting. I liked having them both just as much talent as you can, but maybe they will draft a guy and, and try to fill that out. So 
Judd, uh, we will get back together soon. I am taking vacation next week, but I'm still going to have some. Yeah, I know. But I'm, I didn't approve any. There, there will you still are? be articles, though. If you go to 1500ESPN.com, I've got articles ready to go analyzing, doing the draft, and analyzing some different draft prospects so you can look into those. I didn't know you were taking time off. No, no one tells me anything. I know. It's amazing. Nobody informs me of anything. I know. There's you know a reason the for that. Is? There is a reason you know what that the we good don't. News is? What's that? The Twins have started, so so you can get your fill of Twins coverage instead of Vikings for at least one week. That's the good news, Matthew Collins. Yes, but also the good news is that the coverage doesn't completely disappear. Just say, that's what I'm saying for the Viking okay, fans. I'll, I'll write some Vikings. And we're gonna too. and we're also gonna have on the podcast feed some stuff from the air that you might have missed. So there you go. And if you missed the Adam Thielen interview. My gosh, like go listen to it because it's good, and he talks about pizza and The Bachelor. So and demands a new contract. He did not did not do that. Um, okay, Judd, thank you, and thank you Bye. all for listening yeah. okay. to the Purple Podcast. Bye, Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.